0: Welcome to the 63rd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Eitner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, you recently released a white paper on the impact of the pandemic on broadband performance. Can you tell us a little bit about what you found?
1: Yeah. So... I looked at what happened during the pandemic to broadband experience, both wireless and fixed. And and it was quite remarkable. You know, despite usage going up basically through the roof, speeds were basically not affected. The, the worst speed decline that we had in wireless was 0.5% speed decline for a week after that It was faster for a month. After that, it was faster than than it was before. And the same thing for uh, fixed download speeds. The maximum decline, even though everybody was at home, was 3.5%. That's nothing, right? And this only persisted for about two months. After that, speeds were faster than they were before the pandemic. The networks held up, tremendously during this time out of nowhere you know we were all locked at home and and did, had nowhere to go and and used our broadband internet significantly the other thing was that was really interesting is that the fixed broadband increase in utilization was much more quickly than the wireless one and You know, the explanation for that is that a lot of people who were at home were using Wi-Fi. And so the the wireless usage was actually then directly transported over the, the fixed networks. So that's why the fixed networks were impacted a lot earlier than the wireless networks. But as the lockdowns basically eased, we saw wireless go up significantly as well.
0: So, so what drove this? Was this kind of excess bandwidth in the network that I was always already there that that folks were able to utilize? Was this a planning thing? What what was the driver behind in the the U.S. at least? You know, broadband not you know suffering availability issues or or speed issues during the pandemic.
1: Well, the the, the reason is because our broadband provider both fixed you know, cable and, and wireless are investing substantially in these networks. They are designing networks around peak usage and they're, you know, typically designing it for a year, year and a half of demand ahead of time. And that really helped to buffer that because, yes, the peaks went up, but not that much. What went up a lot was the, the time that we were using these networks because typically you see a peak of, of traffic you know, late in like 9 p.m. in the evening in whatever time zone you're in. But now suddenly people were using heavily the internet at 10 a.m., noon, where they typically were not used that intensively.
0: Right. So the idea is that after work, everybody's on the internet, sitting at home, and so when people are working from home, it's the same people. They're just working from home during the day and using the internet at night as well. And so designing for peak usage didn't really, which which is when everybody is at home anyway, didn't really impact the aggregated experience during the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and so the the networks were ready. The next works were, were prepared, and and it worked like a charm, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, some people are always criticizing we're we're, net, we're designing networks around peak usage and it's highly inefficient because the network is not utilized afterwards. And I'm like, what's the alternative? You don't want to kick people off at 8, 9 p.m. and have shortages just so that you're not as underutilized during the day. And here, here usage came in during the day and the industry didn't stop investing. The industry rose to the challenge and immediately went to work to provide even more capacity. And, you know, we have to remember, for, you know, the last eight years, the industry has spent every year more than $70 billion per year. And on a per per capita level, the U.S. spends significantly more than, than the other OECD countries, in, in the other countries, and we were all all affected by it. Mm-hmm. And so we represent about half of all the OECD countries where we have data for, and we're only like 27% of, of the population. So sometimes we always think somewhere else it's always better, And and it's not that case.
0: Well, and I think the comparisons are often not fair in the sense that a company like Japan with a very, very tight population density is gonna have different economics in terms of coverage relative to somewhere like the US, where we certainly have very dense parts of the country like downtown San Francisco or Manhattan, but we also have Wyoming, right? And the, the cost to cover, and, and again, you're, you're looking at this in an aggregate, right? So you're not looking at just the densest areas or just the most rural areas. In aggregate, performance held up and, and was, was very good relative to kind of what was going on.
1: And our, our claim, and we're now putting even more resources behind it, is that, that every American has a, a good internet connection. Because it, it helps everybody, right? The, the reason why, why the United States, the, the economy didn't tank the way it did in other countries. It was bad here, no doubt about it. But it was really the resilience that we, we have and that our broadband networks have provided us. And, you know, we've run separately studies and they showed that basically every white-collar worker became eligible to work from home, right?
0: Right. So we saw huge differences in that that study you mentioned, huge differences in terms of what proportion of folks are working from home. The other thing that we saw, you know, if you're locked up at home and you can't go out and see your friends or go to the bar or whatever, 30% of households bought a smart TV during the pandemic, right? And when when we talk about kind of some of the biggest Ways that you can eat up bandwidth on a broadband connection, video is the number one way, right? And so, even among an inflow with a, alongside an influx of new smart devices, they're they're sucking down video bandwidth. The network's still we're able, we're able to deliver.
1: Yeah, and we were talking for a decade about video conferencing, and now the breakthrough was there, and there was innovation like you know viewing parties where friends can sit you know, on their respective couches are connected with video. The, the stream is synchronized so that you and your friend at the, on the other side of the country are watching the same picture at the same time, and you can talk no matter if you're sitting next to each other, you know, a couple of streets down or, you know, half around the country. And so a lot of innovation came from it as well.
0: All right, so I think that's all we have
1: time for this week. Thanks, Roger. Thanks for having me, and it's an exciting study, and look at the show notes at the bottom uh, for a link to the study, and uh, you know, I'm very grateful to NCTA, U.S. Telecom, and CTIA to, to help fund that study.
0: Excellent. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you.